You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily podcast on the New Orleans Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA as a whole, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Available on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, literally wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media and editor over at LockedOnPelicans.com, Jake Madison, at Jake on Twitter. Here with you all on this Wednesday. Took yesterday off of the show. I was traveling for work. Didn't land and get to my hotel till something like midnight. Little too tired to record a podcast during that time. But we're back at it today, talking about all things New Orleans Pelicans, including the loss to the Detroit Pistons the other night where Derrick Rose hit the game winner. I'm going to break this game down a little bit. It's already kind of been done at this point. They lost. It's nine games. We're going to dial this up to 11, it looks like, with tonight's game, or starting with tonight's game against the Milwaukee Bucks. We'll preview that in the third segment. We'll talk about the Pistons' team in general in uh, the start of the show. So let's just dive into it all in today's edition of Locked on Pelicans. So if the audio sounds a little bit off, that's because I'm recording on a headset in a hotel room and trying not to yell too loud and get kicked out. It's like in the 30s right now when I'm recording, so don't need to be out on the street. Maybe you should throw all the Pelicans out on the street after that game against the Detroit Pistons where... It didn't go too well, though this one came down to the final wire. New Orleans had to mount a bit of a rally late in the fourth quarter before ultimately falling to Detroit 105-103. On that Derrick Rose game winner where, yeah, he probably pushed off of Drew Holiday. That was probably an illegal play and should have been an offensive foul. But at the same point, I don't think any ref's going to call that right there at that point in time in the game and send this to overtime. Drew Holiday himself didn't seem to be too upset about this one. You know, I think there's more of a claim to dispute it than maybe what happened with the uh, Houston Rockets and their dispute of the no call on the James Harden dunk that really should have been a call and was a weird play all around. But this kind of happens. Refs aren't going to call that. Um, And maybe Derrick Rose somehow still is getting star calls with that sort of thing. This wasn't a horrible game by New Orleans. And before we even get to how they played, Alvin Gentry did some things that were good. He mixed up the starting lineup. Jackson Hayes went out, even though you could make the claim that maybe he should have stayed in there. But given the size advantage in the front court that the Pistons have of Andre Drummond, who's averaging over 15 boards per game this season, alongside Blake Griffin, maybe putting in a rebounder who struggles like Jackson Hayes does uh, was a bad idea. So taking him out, putting in him in Jaleel Okafor, not a bad move. And New Orleans on the night put... It uh, left it even with the Detroit Pistons' 46-46 total rebounds. Overall, that's really good. Okafor himself on the night, 9 points, 6 boards. You also had uh, Jackson Hayes coming off the bench, just grabbed 4. So this clearly, I think, was the right move, and everyone else kind of chipped in where they needed to. Kenrich Williams, though he didn't shoot well, 0 for 5 from deep, 2 points on the night, 8 rebounds, 3 offensive, 5 defensive. That's good. Brandon Ingram, who is busy scoring all the night, looking like the Brandon Ingram of old that we're used to seeing, 31 points on the night, 6 rebounds, 5 defensive for him. That's good. He was also 4 of 9 from deep, and basically one of the only guys shooting well, maybe the only guy shooting well. New Orleans hit just 8 threes in this one. Brandon Ingram had 4 of them. J.J. Redick, 1 of 8. Kenrich Williams, 0 for 5. 
Drew Holiday, 0 for 3. Josh Hart, 2 of 10. Nikhil Alexander-Walker, 1 of 2. Lonzo Ball didn't take a 3 in this one and was still largely inconsequential. Six points for him on the night, four assists, seven rebounds. Three-point shooting in the past two games has gotten ice cold, and they're going to need more of it and need it to come back quickly tonight because the Milwaukee Bucks are going to be tough when it comes to this sort of thing. So good on Gentry for changing the starting lineup. You didn't want to have Jackson Hayes in there. Lonzo Ball moved to the bench, which maybe is a better spot for him right now and allows him to just create a little bit more, maybe be a bit more of a focal point on offense where he doesn't feel the need to defer. I think that was a really, really good thing. Also meant they were trying to match up with the size of the Detroit Pistons, not putting Lonzo out there, allowing you to get Kenrich Williams back in the starting lineup. And that move delivered. We've been very critical here of Alvin Gentry recently, but this was ultimately a move that I liked. So some of the numbers look really good. How come the Pelicans came out and ended up losing this game, or why did it take a rally? Well, it's the third quarter, which has been a problem for New Orleans most of the time this season, coming out really flat to start the second half. They had a six-point lead going into halftime at this one, and then came out in the third quarter and completely settled. Took 27 shots. 15 of those were from three. They went two of 15 during that stretch. It's more than 50% of their offense. I'm a big believer in the three-point shooting. I trust J.J. Redick. I trust Brandon Ingram. For the most part, I trust Josh Hart. I don't even hate Lonzo Ball shooting threes and some of the other guys that can do it. But you can't just let that be maybe 50% of your offense at times. That's starting to trend into territory where it's a little bit too much. 43s, when you're taking 100-plus shots per game, I'm okay with that. Less than that, 35 threes when you're taking 100-plus shots per game, I'm okay with that. Or 90-plus shots, that's great. But when you're taking 27 shots and 15 of those are from deep, that's definitely trending in the way of being a problem. The Pistons in this one took 21, 22 shots total in the second Sorry, in the third quarter, only nine of them were from three. They also went to the line nine times compared to just two for New Orleans. That's an imbalance you need to really switch. There was just one trip to the foul line for New Orleans in this. It was Jackson Hayes. No one else got fouled because, well, or no one else got fouled on a shooting foul that needed to go to the line because you weren't attacking whatsoever. And if you look at the shot chart, it's a little rough. And that, I think, is starting to trend to an area where it's a big problem. Brandon Ingram, five threes in that quarter. You hit two of them, that's okay. Kenrich Williams didn't take a shot that wasn't from three. Same thing for J.J. Redick. Two of Drew Holiday's four shots were inside the three-point line. That's it. All of that type of stuff isn't really going to work and can definitely be a problem. And I think that's what you're starting to see. Maybe because they were good at it earlier in the year, but right now they are starting to rely on that three-point shot just a little bit too much, and I don't think that's what you want to see from this team. Lonzo Ball attacked this quarter. He took four shots. Three of them were basically inside the restricted area. Guess what? He made all three of them. That's good. That's what we want to see from him, but we need to see a little bit more from that, and maybe that bench roll allowed him to do it. But no one else in the third quarter stepped up to attack and play like that. And it meant New Orleans had to rally in the fourth. And that lack of aggressiveness, shell offense it's been called, is becoming a problem. This is where the coaches need to snap them out of this and tell the players what to do. And make changes, which Alvin Gentry did do in this, if they don't start to go alongside that. This was a rough stretch in the third quarter for New Orleans. They were outscored by the in this one 34-21. When you're missing threes because you're not driving, you're not attacking, and you're not being aggressive, yeah, that's 
going to do it. Look at the shot charts for the Detroit Pistons in that quarter compared to New Orleans. There's a big difference. Look where Detroit made their shots at the rim. Look where New Orleans made some of their shots at the rim. But they just didn't do enough of it. Led to a fourth quarter having to kind of rally. Didn't end up working. Derrick Rose got the last shot, made the last shot. If you listen to Joel Myers on the call, he was just kind of like, yep, this one's done, whatever, goodbye, let's move on. And seemed disappointed, as he should be, as all Pelicans fans should be. Nine losses in a row with the Milwaukee Bucks coming up tonight. That's going to be a little bit rough. So we'll touch on that coming up in just a minute here on Locked on Pelicans. I also want to mention some changes to the in-arena stuff. And while I wasn't there, was told about this, it kind of makes sense given some things that have been going on around the team. We'll touch on that too. But don't forget, I host a Twitch show for your New Orleans Pelicans officially. Twitch.com slash locked. Or sorry, oof, that was bad. I'm on the road. I'm out of practice. It's Twitch.com slash Pelicans NBA. There we go. It's their official channel called On The Fly. Next episode going to be coming on Tuesday, 4 p.m. Central Time. Should be live from the arena doing it. So we'll touch on the game. You can ask your questions there. Going to have a fun question for you all regarding NBA Jam. If you could create an all-time Pelicans team, two guys to put into an NBA Jam video game from any Pelicans, Hornets, we can even go New Orleans Jazz era basketball. Who are the two guys that you would pick that you think could win against other New Orleans basketball combinations? I have two guys, I think. I have one out there dis- uh, pick that I might use. I haven't decided. Gus Cattengill and I, who host the show, will be talking about this. I want to hear what your two guys are for an NBA Jam style game. So a lot of threes, a lot of dunks. You can kind of shove people on defense. You can't goaltend, though. That's one thing. So keep that in mind. Players that really fit that type of style. Let me know on Twitter, at NolaJake, for the On The Fly Show Tuesday, twitch.com slash pelicansnba. So with the team struggling right now, the Pelicans have made some changes to the in-arena experience. And it's been amped up really, really well. They've done a really good job. The new PA announcer, Wild Wayne, I, look, I don't listen to the local radio other than sports talk in there. So I didn't even know he was a local legend. I thought he was really good in there. Turns out they grabbed the right guy to replace the late Chuck Edwards. That's big shoes to fill because Chuck was awesome. Also one of the nicest guys I'd ever met at the arena. Um, and they've been good. The music's been good. Just the feel is just kind of different, less generic, more suited to New Orleans. Like a slight bit edgier, I guess you could kind of describe it. It's been overall really good. But they have that won't bow down, won't bow down drumbeat with Pierre the Pelican to begin games with, and now with everyone saying the Pelicans are bowing down and kind of twisting the motto of the season, they've decided to get rid of that, at least to start the game against the Detroit Pistons. A lot of people have been complaining. I don't know if maybe they listened and decided to get rid of it or what. I wasn't the biggest fan. I don't really have a problem with it, though, but I wonder if it's just because of all the wordplay that people are doing with the Pelicans bowing down to opponents, and when you lose nine straight, yeah, that's probably going to happen. Maybe you need to persevere through that a little bit, though. Also, Alvin Gentry, a chorus of boos raining down on him during introductions. I'm going to be curious to see at the next home game if they do announce him or if they kind of just take him out of there to avoid that happening. This is something he's used to, comes with the territory of any NBA head coach. Money Williams went through this, too, so no real big surprise, but I'm going to be curious to see if the team's making any sort of changes to this sort of thing in their production of the team on the court because, well, you don't kind of want that when you're trying to still build goodwill among the fan base and engage the season ticket holders who probably are pretty upset with how things are going right now. 
So it's a game day for your New Orleans Pelicans as they take on the Milwaukee Bucks tonight in Milwaukee on ESPN, another national TV game. We'll touch on this coming up in just a moment, but before we get to that, don't forget, subscribe to Locked On Pelicans wherever you get your podcast from. Here usually, Monday through Friday for you all when I'm not flying, breaking down everything you want to know about this team. There's still a lot of interesting things going on with this team, even if they are losing a ton of games, you still are seeing development from Jackson Hayes. Maybe Alvin Gentry's decided on a rotation, which we said he needs to do for at least the foreseeable future by moving Lonzo Ball to the bench. I love that decision right now. We even did an episode of the podcast talking about that. It's probably the right place. So there's still a lot going on with this team. Is Lonzo Ball even someone you want to kind of keep around long term at this point in time? So wherever you get your podcast from, subscribe to Locked on Pelicans. Leave a five-star review with a comment. Helps a lot um, to keep this on people's radars, especially during times like this. So I don't ask for much. The show's five days a week for you. A lot of content here. Just click that subscribe button. Leave a five-star review with a comment. The Milwaukee Bucks tonight on ESPN, nationally televised game for the New Orleans Pelicans, which maybe isn't a very good thing right now. This Bucks team, in a simple word, is freaking good. That's multiple words. They play with the fastest pace in the league. They have the second best offense in the league, the best defense in the league. By the way, they're 21 and 3 on a 15 game winning streak. They are good. They basically have no one injured right now either. So second best offense, best defense, fastest pace team. They have the top E field goal percentage in the league. Defensively, they give up the second lowest E field goal percentage. They're the second best defensive rebounding team in the league. There's not a whole lot that they don't do particularly well. And when you're led by Giannis Antetokounmpo, well, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. The reigning MVP is averaging 31 points per game. 13 rebounds and 10 and a half assists per game. He's also shooting 32% from three. Not horrible. It's pedestrian, but the fact that he has a three-point shot that is going down at an okay-ish clip makes him even scarier. Chris Middleton, who'd been out injured a little bit this year, back for them. He's averaging 18 points per game, six rebounds, three and a half assists. He's been excellent. Eric Bledsoe, who might have been in the running for most improved player, like comeback player of the year basically last season, 14.6 points per game, five rebounds, six assists per game. Brooke Lopez, who they re-signed to keep there, who's a three-point shooter, normally for him, though, down this year, 10 points per game alongside five rebounds. They're basically very good. They added Wes Matthews to be a shooter from deep, 39% from three on the season on over four attempts. They do everything. They score. They rebound. They run. They are just a nightmare and have arms, arms everywhere. This is just a tough one. You know, the Pelicans showed some fight against the Detroit Pistons, which I think is a good thing. And maybe in this game, you're just looking for silver linings for them to come out and compete and not come against, come out flat against a team that is just straight up better than them, going through a period where they were outscoring opponents by 34 points per game. That's how good this Bucks team is right now. They are just absolutely absurd. 
this is a tough one. You know, if you uh, you maybe want to do some other things, I understand the ESPN announcers are going to be a little bit annoying. At least you've still got Joe Myers there on Fox Sports. They're going to be broadcasting the game. But this is just a rough, rough matchup for New Orleans, and it doesn't get any easier when they take on the Philadelphia 76ers coming up basically right on after this one. So this is a rough matchup. Just show some fight. See if Brandon Ingram can get something going against this defense. If anyone can kind of start to score, it's going to make you feel good about their chances. I don't know, maybe at some point in the future. We're looking for silver linings in this one. Hopefully we see a couple so we can be a little bit more positive on the schedule, but We'll see. This is a tough one. Then you've got the Philadelphia 76ers on Friday. Maybe then a winnable game against the uh, Orlando Magic at home on Sunday. We will see. I will be watching this from my hotel room. I am very anxious. Hopefully they can put on a good show. And you're on national TV. You need to impress just a little bit. But we'll see. Tough matchup. And that's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Pelicans. Thank you all for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcast from. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, and we'll be back with you all tomorrow.